Hey, everyone. You're listening to Everyday Enlightenment. I'm your host, Trisha Martin-Owen, and today we're going to be talking about am I an empath? We'll be exploring attributes of an empath, the differences between highly sensitive people and empaths, rekindling or cultivating your empathic abilities, and finally, the importance of loving kindness and compassion in an empath's life. Let's dive in. So let's just jump right in here. What is the difference between a highly sensitive person and an empath? And from how I understand it, a highly sensitive person feels things deeply. They're easily able to put themselves in another's shoes. From this place, they're able to extend empathy or more easily shut down because it can still be overwhelming. An empath, on the other hand, feels everything in their bodies. They feel as if they're already walking in that person's shoes, which can be extremely overwhelming. An empath is able to sleep next to their partner and wake up simultaneously as their partner does from, say, a bad dream. They're able to sense another's distress or joy right in their heart center. And from there, it kind of radiates out in some empaths. But in most empaths, it can just create a heightened sense of anxiety And that anxiety can range from pretty acute to just a low level of just this constant anxiety in your everyday life. And for an empath, the reason that we have this heightened sense of anxiety in our bodies is because we came into this life with a much more open heart, which is such a beautiful thing but it's something to learn to manage. When we take on everybody else's stuff and stress, we definitely can be led to overwhelm. Children in particular who are empaths may or may not have been understood as kids. They themselves probably didn't understand what was going on, especially if they were alone in their families with this ability. Empathic children come in and they're ready to connect in that heart level. They're ready to really be there and be with other human beings in a way that lands in authenticity and truth and love and kindness. And what a shock it is when these empathic children realize this is not how we relate in this place? What what does this mean? How do I survive? What do I do? And like all children, they adapt. But empathic children especially really take on the family's lower energies and adopt them as their own. Not only do they adopt them, they integrate them so deeply Because they are wired more so than others to connect and to understand and to feel each other's emotions. 
for most of us, this set up our journey of unlearning. That's what I like to call it. It's what took us further and further from remembering who we really are and what we came here to do. It's also how we began the process of shutting down. Because empaths are so susceptible to everything around them, the energy of other people, the energy of the earth, the energy of relationships, because they feel things and take them in take everything into their bodies so deeply and it becomes a part of their body to the point of having chronic anxiety, depression, um, isolation, overwhelm to the point of not being able to do much. Because empaths, this is something that can happen to them if if they don't understand what is going on for them and what their abilities are, they shut down. And a lot of times, um, this is just phase two in the process of unlearning because in order for an empath to own their abilities and this gift to really, really connect and relate to another human being on a level that is deep, and pure and true. They have to be aware. First of all, they have to be aware of their ability to do so, but they also have to own it. And this takes a level of authenticity and integrity. Now for those empathic kids who are in families where being an empath might be shamed or overlooked or judged or criticized harshly, Their need for survival and their need to fit in trumps any any kind of way of being true to themselves for the most part. There are those few who are out there who persevered. Yet, for most of us, coming from our survival strategy was to fit in. In my own journey, this has been especially true. As a child... I used to say things or notice things or just understand things, unspoken. My mother used to say, you know me better than I know myself. And I used to think, well, yeah, isn't that how it works? Doesn't everyone, can everyone basically read each other's thoughts almost and see what's going on inside of each other? Because isn't that the truth? But... I quickly learned that that was not normal and it wasn't the truth. And in fact, my mom used to, one of her favorite things she used to say to me was, is this fact or fiction, Trisha? Meaning, is this something that someone said or did I quote unquote make it up? Many of those times though, what I was doing was just recognizing unspoken feelings and truths for people. But I quickly realized it's not okay to speak those things out loud. And every now and then, I still would. I would still go to my mother because I recognized her own empathic abilities. Yet the situation that we were in and the time back in the 80s and the early 90s, these types of things 
especially where we lived, were definitely not socially accepted. So she was in her own space of trying to survive without tapping into her own ability to feel deeply and see things as they are. And for empaths who are in situations that are clearly abusive or otherwise not good for them in any way, it can be really challenging to shift your gears and to come back into a space of integrity with not, without having any way to manage this sense of overwhelm and fear and without having any kind of space to cultivate a another way to approach life and another way to see things differently in order to recognize other choices. Oftentimes, empaths who aren't aware of their abilities or have shut down early on, they still have a very open heart and they are still able, they exude this energy that other people tend to flock to. They're likable. You want to talk to them about your feelings. <laughs> They're, they just generally have a way about them. And this can be both a blessing and something, a challenge. Because for the empath who hasn't recognized their abilities and they haven't learned how to deal with their ability to feel everybody else's feelings within their bodies to the point of exhaustion or anxiety. Um, this means that empaths in that stage are much more easily able to be taken advantage of. And this is when um, toxic relationships can form and other long-term life-impacting decisions this is where it can begin to feel like you're on the treadmill as an empath. And no matter what you do, no matter what spiritual path you seek, no matter how much you meditate, no matter how much you think positively or do affirmations or whatever your chosen modality is, it's just not working. But... There are definite key components to turning that all around and getting back in touch with who you are and your empathic abilities. Rekindling and cultivating your empathic abilities starts with self-compassion. Like I've mentioned before, nobody wants to open up to someone who's overly critical and judgmental. And it's the same for everything that's inside of you. These parts of yourself may or may not have been buried and hidden deeply for years, or they're just, you know, fresh little sprouts coming up through the soil and they're needing some tender care and sun and watering. Either way, by cultivating a sense of self-compassion for yourself, and recognizing the innocence within you as you are an innocent being, doing the very best that you can, trying so hard to live this life well and safely and purposefully and honestly, and noticing that 
all of the things that we do that perhaps are a little bit more unsavory are defenses against being hurt and fear and things that feel heavy and overwhelming to us. So by recognizing these things in ourselves and noticing our own innocence, we can begin to really have true and deep self-compassion for ourselves. And it's also important to note that as we begin to cultivate self-compassion, it's not always easy, especially if we've been trained to do things a very different way our entire lives. That voice is always going to come back, the critic, the the judgment. But by sending that voice love and recognizing the innocence in that voice, that voice will soften. And it will become, instead of driving your life in the driver's seat, simply sit next to you in the passenger seat and you'll drive that's part of being human and you guys can maybe sing some road songs together and share a milkshake out on highway one cruising down the lane you know just me and my inner critic on the road trip of life (laughs) okay I digress anyway once we've begun this practice of self-compassion and seeing ourselves through the eyes of compassion, a beautiful thing starts to happen where we begin to live more authentically. We come back into our integrity. Things like, simple things like, we say what we mean. Uh, We don't make false promises to ourselves or to others but especially to ourselves. So often we can get in the habit of, you know, wanting to start a habit, say, or to pursue a new interest or anything like that. And a lot of excuses can come in the way. As we get older, our lives just get more complicated. That's just what happens. But the beautiful thing is that Life is like a building block. And so everything that you've learned prior can be applied to where you are now. So if you're needing to do something or you're wanting to do something and you just keep not finding the time or the excuses just keep coming or whatever the situation might be, just take a step back and notice that, oh, like, I could get up an hour earlier or I could take that activity off my schedule. Just very simple things as you bring yourself back into um, less of a hectic and a little bit more of a cleaner way of living from within. So while self-compassion and integrity are big ones, the rest of the list is just as important. These include things like cultivating trust and faith, learning to listen to your intuition, gratitude, cultivating gratitude, thankfulness, 
Letting go of the need for certainty. This is a hard one for me sometimes, but it's an important one. Letting go of productivity as a measure of self-worth. How much you got done today or yesterday or this week or this year or whenever. As humans, we do need to get a lot of things done. But as empaths, it's important for us to recognize when we're focusing too much on getting things done and we're ignoring what else is going on around us. Oftentimes, this is when empaths most easily slip back into big bouts of anxiety or depression because they've gotten really caught up in the humanness of everything. It's also important for empaths to cultivate a sense of play and creativity in their lives. By letting go of the need to fit in or being cool or making sure everybody likes me, this opens up a huge arena to cultivate laughter and silliness and creativity. Nothing stifles creativity more than a should. In an empath's life, it is so important to cultivate and surround yourself with loving kindness and compassion. I mean, this is something that if we could all do this, the world would, you know, world peace and there'd be no hunger and we'd all be enlightened and everything would be groovy. But the empaths, this is the empath's job. The empath is here in this life right now as an anchor for loving kindness to those around them. They are helping others integrate into their own truth and their own sense of self and authenticity. But that's why it's so important for the empath to be able to have space and dare I say it, a little bit of time (laughs) and um, a surrounding, whether it's people, nature, water, bath, even a bath, a regular Epsom salt bath, to clear the energy of those around them and to come home to themselves. It's a big job to anchor yourself in the world and be a beacon of loving kindness for others. And we get really, we can get really hard on ourselves because it doesn't always work out like that. We get, as empaths, we do get easily overwhelmed and we, that can come out in various unsavory ways. Yet, this is precisely why We need a regular practice of self-compassion and loving kindness to bring ourselves back to center so that we can do that more frequently and more often as we help raise the vibration of earth. One way we can do this that doesn't involve removing yourself from the situation and taking an Epsom salt path, although at times that sounds pretty great, is a simple heart meditation. 
And all it entails is in the moment. Just place your hand near the center of your chest. If you wear necklaces, you can kind of play with the necklace um, as it hits right there in the center of your chest. And it's really indiscreet. No one has to notice. And you take three deep breaths. And as you take deep breaths, imagine the breath is filling around your heart, filling the space around your heart. And as you exhale, let the tension exhale away from your heart. And I say do this three times because usually when we're in the middle of a conversation or <laughs> we're out in public, we can't really continue to take these deep breaths without someone being like, hey, what's up? But three tends to be a pretty good, a good number. However, if you're in a situation where you can take more breaths, do it. Really cleanse that area, open up that area, because that is your power center as an empath. That is where you live from, and you got to keep it yours. We take on so many, so much from other people and the environment that it's important and imperative for us to recognize what's what's outside of us, what's the stuff coming from outside of us, and what's our own. And taking this a little bit deeper, when you are alone and you're sitting and you want to close your eyes, bring both hands or, or just one hand over your heart and sink into that space. Not only breathe, imagine sending your breath into that space, but notice what you're, what's coming up in your mind as you do it. And these are all the things that are trying to be cleared out. So as it comes up, let it go. It comes up, let it go. The next thing, let it go. And as you practice this, not only are you creating new neural pathways, which is pretty awesome, but you will be able to recognize much more easily what is other people's or the environment stuff and what stuff is your own. You'll be able to see clearly different avenues or choices that may or may not have been there before. This heart meditation is also a way to clear energy in a space. So say that you are in a hotel room and it just feels heavy or whatever. As you cultivate your empathic abilities more and more, things like that will be unfortunately a little bit less tolerable. And yet there are ways to deal with them. Some people suggest burning sweet grass or rose water, but really this heart meditation is all that you need. As you breathe into your heart, you're breathing in everything around you and in you. You're integrating it, and then you're letting it go. And you have the power to do that. It's amazing. Today we covered a lot of ground. We talked about what the attributes of an empath are, the differences between highly sensitive people and empaths, how to rekindle or cultivate your empathic abilities, and the importance of loving kindness and compassion 
in an empath's life, in everybody's life really, but especially for an empath. We also explored a simple heart meditation, which I hope you find as enjoyable as I do. As always, thank you for letting me be on your path. If you have any questions or subjects that you'd like me to cover, please feel free to message me at my website, www.trishamartinowen.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-M-A-R-T-I-N-O-W-E-N.com. And if this message resonated with you today, your comments about it on iTunes make all the difference. It helps others find these teachings much more easily. Thank you, and namaste.